Welcome back to the Travcess Podcast. We're your hosts, Kim and Aaron, and we are healthcare travelers and the creators of Travcess. Travcess is a company that has on-the-clock and off-the-clock resources for healthcare travelers. On-the-clock being our course, Traveler's School, which Kim is lipping right <laughs> yeah. now, and off-the-clock being Travcess Adventures and this podcast and everything in between. We are currently in Peru right now, awaiting our second group to come in. Um, to hike Salkante again. So we're going to get live on the podcast this week talking about Oaxaca. You did that so well. Okay, so. Okay, so here we are. Here we are. We So we're currently still in Padu. Whoa, Ooh. Aaron just opened a pop. Coke Zero, baby. Because all he does is drink soda Dude, it is all like, day, every day. I, again, we, we literally had this 15-minute discussion at lunch that I had one Coke Zero since we've been back in Peru, and this is my second one. We've literally been back in Peru for like... Three days. Okay. Anyways, drink your pop. Enjoy. Um, and so, we are waiting for our second group to get here Hiking the Salcante Trek again, which we talked about last, last week, week, so you can go back and listen to that episode. But in between... Slash, we talked about eight hours ago. I know, we're like, we, we were recording these like back to back so that we have them, because when this comes out, we'll actually like be on the trail, I think, which is yeah, crazy to think we will. about. We'll be like hiking. We'll be leaving Wednesday to go to Salcante. Wow. So, thir- okay, so at the time of you listening oh, this to this... Is- this is going to be our oh. hardest day. This is our climb that we go to the Salcante Pass. Oof. So please send us all the love and good vibes and yeah. just keep us in your prayers. Today is going to be a day. Yeah. But it's going to be a good one. Um, so anyways, we're trying to like get, we're trying to batch these so that they come, come out even though we're on the trail. True. So we did something really cool. I guess, I guess it's cool. Interesting this time. So we're doing two trips here in Peru. And so we map them out where we did one trip and then we had this week in between where we could go to Oaxaca, Mexico, and then come back and do the second trip. And the cool thing about Oaxaca, well, number one, I guess just geographically, I was like, oh, we'll be in Peru. So that'll be like a hop, skip, and a jump away. Oh, boy, was I wrong. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's insane well okay it's easier we should have just flown the united states and flown back it was so we had this idea right so we knew we wanted to go to oaxaca like oaxaca has always been on our bucket list it's a huge foodie city in mexico surrounded by mountains like it's just always been a which you didn't know no i knew there was mountains okay i knew there was mountains because i i knew that i want they had this so the Sierra Norte mountains surround Oaxaca and they have this cool thing that you can do where you can hike in the mountains, but then you can stay in families' homes along the way. So I knew that there was mountains, but I wasn't expecting it to be like surrounded like mm-hmm. that. I thought maybe it'd be like a little further out. Um, mm-hmm. At every viewpoint. Yeah, like I wasn't expecting it to be so beautiful and right. so green and so mountainous. And so I was like surprised, totally. you know, I'm like, whoa, like I basically feel like I'm in Northern California 
but instead of vineyards and mountains, it's agave fields mm -hmm. and mountains, mm -hmm. which was such a cool contrast and so different because like the agave reminds you when you're in a different country, yeah. right? Um, but just the the views are just beautiful and remind me of totally. California. Sorry, took you away. Okay, so let me get back. So we knew that we really wanted to go there for so many different reasons. It's been on the bucket list and we really wanted to bring a, a, a group there and do like a Travis's adventure. So we're like, awesome. We're going to be in Peru. It's pretty close. <laughs> Let's just like put it in the middle of the trips. Easy peasy. And I started doing research to get our flights and all of that. Now we had already booked the Peru trips, right? So both Peru trips were already booked, sold out. Dates were locked and loaded. Everything was booked. There was no turning back. Then I started looking for the Oaxaca tickets because I'm like, it's going to be easy peasy. Oh, my God. No. I, I was on the Internet for days yeah. trying to find the best route, trying to figure it out. It was so expensive where I went to air and I was like, literally... I'm so fucking done with this. Mm -hmm. Like, it would have been way cheaper and easier for us just to go to Jacksonville to Oaxaca mm -hmm. than Cusco to Oaxaca. Like, this is insane. Like, yeah, But we did it. But we did it. It was a lot more expensive than we thought. Yeah. A lot more moving parts. It was like a 24-hour travel day. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that is just because Cusco is in the middle of the mountains, right? So you can't go Cusco anywhere. You always have to go Cusco to Lima. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of part of mm -hmm. what makes it a little bit more challenging, I guess. Well, and then you had to go Lima to Mexico City because it wasn't direct into Oaxaca. And then you have to like time that and figure that out and manage delays. And we, it, it worked out great. It was just a very long travel day coming off a, a trip. About yeah. to gear into another one. Yeah, it was a little crazy, but... Totally worth it. Totally worth it. And our friends, Joe and Sarah, met us there. It's like a joke. We were like, yeah, they're part of the Travses research team um, helping us like plan all the things. Which they did. And they do because they're big travelers too. So like we really appreciate their insight and their opinions about things. But also it was just like a fun way to spend time with our friends and have this like awesome trip in Oaxaca. Totally. Totally. No, it was great. I mean, we just... I think it's funny, like from an expectation point of view, I knew there was food that I wanted to dive into, but that was pretty much it, right? I wasn't really sure what else to expect. I just knew it's the place of food and culture. And they always say, and we've said it in multiple emails that we've sent out, that if Mexico is the body, Oaxaca is the heart. And so with that being said, you can picture like, okay, well, that's like going to be like cultural and colorful and fun and tradition tradi and, tradition yeah. and all that where the food comes from and so i was like really excited to dive in that but that was my expectation right there that was it that yeah was it. well and here's the thing too we we we'd never been to oaxaca ourselves right and so we knew that we had to go there to get on the ground and experience it and we went into it with the expectation of I did so much research ahead of time and kind of planned what I thought would be like a cool trip to do with a group. And then I kind of planned it out that way. And then we went into it being like, OK, um, this was cool. This not so much. This like I would rather do over this so that we could try as much as we could and then be able to piece what we took away from it and 
meeting the local people and learning about different things we didn't even know about getting into the trip that we were able to kind of walk away and be like, okay, this is where we want to stay. This is the trip we want to have um, and really get a good sense of the city itself. Well, and I think backtracking that a little bit, just to put some context there, you know, we were always booking these Travis S. Adventure trips while in contract. And so we would book these trips, we'd sell them out. This is the first time that we're not in a contract. And we went and said, you know what? Like we've always said that we want to get on the ground first and try things out. Fortunately and unfortunately, usually the first group is the guinea pigs of the places we go. And then on the second trip, we make little adjustments to like make it work. Well, we said from here on out, let's go research ourselves. Unless you and I have been to that country and have really explored it and know what to expect. And so going to Oaxaca, both of us had never been there. It's funny how many people I've talked to just personally that are like, Oaxaca, where, where's that? Like, I don't even know how to say that. And so we know it to be like a prime destination, but like a lot of people don't. And I'm glad that we actually got boots on the ground this time and really went and did things to cross it off. 100%. And honestly, the only, the only reason that we planned... Peru and Patagonia, even though we hadn't been there the first time around, I would never plan a trip somewhere I haven't been to. Like, never, right? Like a New Zealand or a Oaxaca or a Bali or a Costa Rica or whatever it is. Like, I would never plan a trip unless I've been there because I think it's so important and we'll kind of get into it in this episode of like, um, different things like we thought would be cool in Oaxaca or places to go that were not. And mm-hmm. like we would never have known that unless we were there ourselves. I would never plan a trip somewhere we hadn't been except for Peru and Patagonia because the main focus was the hiking, mm-hmm. which is kind of already um, this, built. Yeah, it's like built in. We have like a team that's helping us on the ground. I don't need to go experience a hike to see if I want to take a group. You know what I mean? So totally. That's like the big thing of that trip. So I didn't feel like, okay, we should go there and experience totally. it. So it, it kind of felt like it worked. But going to a place where there's not like a big thing like that going on where there's a lot of moving parts and where are we staying and where are we eating and there's so many other things that go into it like we we have to really know the best things to do in order for me to feel confident to take anyone else totally you know totally so like for instance like you said you know well i guess going back reversing it a little bit to just Oaxaca itself. Like like most people think of Mexico and they think of, I'm going to go to Cancun. I'm going to go to Playa de Carmen. Tulum. Or, yeah. And I think Oaxaca, I think for... Even Mexico City. Yeah. Um, I think people do know about Oaxaca, especially like... Foodies. Foodies <laughs> and kind of more experienced travelers. But I think the general public doesn't really think of Oaxaca. And I think that's such a a missed opportunity because Oaxaca really is there's so many different layers and depths and there's still so much tradition and history and I think um because it's not su- it, of course it's quote-unquote touristy where like there are tourists there and people are traveling there it's not as inundated with tourists as other places in Mexico so it still has that feel of like heart and authenticity that I think places lose over time when totally. there's there's so many tourists. Right? Apparently, except in in October. 
Oh, God, yeah. Apparently, everybody yeah. in the world knows about it in October. Yeah, for the, the Day of the Dead, which we were planning. We really wanted to do our trip for Day of the Dead because we thought, oh, that would be so cool. Bucket list. Oh, my gosh. Like, what a cool, like, just what an opportunity for a group to experience it. But, um, yeah, after doing all the research, it was just incredibly expensive, incredibly crowded, and just chaotic and crazy that we're like, ah, maybe not. Yeah, so, no. Not going to do Something that. to do for people. We'll introduce them to Oaxaca, and they can come back on their own and do Day of the Dead. Yeah, 100%. All right, um, let's go through the whole, like, because there's so many layers that I want to get to, but I don't want to, like, jump ahead. Well, I think first kind of starting out of just why, again, it's so important for us to be, like, boots on the ground researching is that, like, we found this hotel, <laughs> okay? I thought... Because I always do a lot of research about location and area and um, where where's the best place to stay and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so we narrowed it down. Mm -hmm. This one hotel was available. It was a decent price point because that was the other thing. Like, we don't want to stay at, like, a hotel that's crazy expensive because then the price package is going to be so high. So it's like we're trying to find this balance of, like, it being affordable but also still nice and a good and location. And a local place. And a local place, yeah, that's like a local family runs it or something like that where it's like our dollars are going back into the local like economy and family mm -hmm. instead of just like, you know, the Hilton, <laughs> you know? So... Well, totally. And on top of that, like when you don't know something, I mean, I know healthcare travelers run into this a lot and we've seen it a lot when we go to, when we're on contracts is like you do the research and... People say it's walkable. It's 15 minutes. Like, if you're like, 15-minute walk? That's nothing. Like, that's amazing. Like, let's do it. And this hotel is fantastic. Like, uh, it looks nice. It looked like a Rumi Punku, which we love here in Peru. Like, identical, right? They said they had breakfast. It was like this whole thing. And, not on, to and on top of that, like, the minute we were booking, somebody from the hotel called my cell phone. Am I getting ahead? No, because I messaged the hotel and they called you directly right we weren't going to book it we were i was just inquiring and they called you which is the reason why we booked it totally and so this guy gets on he's like hey i'm here to help you he spoke really good english he's like i just want you to have the best trip here i'd love for your group to come we have a nice hotel and i'll be here to help you on the ground and we we're like oh my gosh this guy is perfect like he's perfect and he was and he was he was a really nice guy, super helpful, which is what you want in another country when they're going to like work with you and whatever. But getting there, it was like a on the outskirts where, yes, it was a 15 minute walk, but it was like come to find out it was in more of a dangerous area, yeah. which I never felt nervous no. or I never felt like I was unsafe anywhere anywhere the whole time we were in Oaxaca granted I was not walking around alone I was with my husband um, we weren't really walking around at dark very often so yes of course like you have to have your wits about you but I never felt like scared for any reason no and a lot of the people just said like after 11 like don't walk take a cab yeah like anytime but uh, honestly that right there for me is like a deal breaker already just with that because when you're hosting a group of 12 people you want people to be able to walk around and if we stay out at dinner and have a good time, like I'm not getting six cabs for people. Like, yeah. It's just, it's too much going on. No, you want people to, like our hotel here in, in Cusco, for instance, like um, you, we walk around at dark all the time here. It's so centrally located. You could walk to a cafe, grab a coffee. You could walk to the square. You could walk to lunch. It's very accessible to walk by yourself. We're there. Did not feel that way mm -hmm. at all where I'm like, I would never want to bring a group here. Okay. So again, 
we were there and we realized the location felt a little bit off. And then just like the hotel itself, like that had crazy birds that would wake you up screaming every single morning. And I'm like, why are there birds in a hotel? Yeah. And they, and they would keep them covered at night so that they would think it's dark, but then they would, I guess, open the cover at like five in the morning and these parrots would just nonstop squawking. And it was in like an acoustic part of the hotel. So it would like just radiate throughout the hotel. And I was thinking to myself, like, I understand it's an ambiance. Like, okay, cool. Like there's parrots and like one, they're in a cage, which sucks. But like two, I want like, to set them free. like I should be able to wake up when I want. Not, not by Not by screeching birds. Yeah. Not to mention was... like the bathroom. Like, I mean the whole thing. Like we're not bougie at all, but like, when we're going on our trips, we want comfort in our hotel rooms. Well, and and this was, yes, this is a place that like, Aaron and I have stayed in some pretty rough places. Like we have, like it's we, we're pretty adaptable and we can go most places and like figure it out and be fine. This is not a place that I would feel comfortable putting in a group. We want our groups to be comfortable and um, feel relaxed, right? And so yes. There was no hot water, but then we, so I was like, what? There's no hot water. Like, this is bullshit. But then we realized and learned over time that Oaxaca itself has like a water problem. And so there's not a lot of water in the city itself. And like a lot of hotels will tell you they have hot water, but they don't. So you really have to be like very careful um, about where you stay and making sure they have hot water, even though he did fix it and we did get some hot water. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, we got it in the end and it ended up being, like I said, comfortable for you and I, but I do think that that was one of the huge benefits of having Joe and Sarah there because we came out for breakfast every morning. Oh, the breakfast was also The breakfast disgusting. was, ble- it wasn't disgusting. For me, I don't eat eggs. The only I thing understand. I could have every morning was fruit, which right. I but need a little typical. more than fruit. And so... Basically, like we come out for breakfast, and I'd be like, "Is this a place for a group?" And they're like, "No." Yeah, that was really. <laughs> nope. And so it was like easy to be like, "Okay, good. We're not battling this anymore because we feel like it's not." But are we being too over the top? Yeah. So it was yeah. So we realized that wasn't the spot. So then it was like, "Cool, like let's go explore other neighborhoods. Let's go explore other hotels." We've narrowed it down. Um, Oaxaca doesn't have a lot of infrastructure, so that is one of the biggest challenges: is finding. Um, nicer places that are able to host a larger group um, but that we've narrowed it down now we're more familiar with the location so now it's just about locking in a place that is going to be able to support our group so that was like the first thing and then the other thing too that is so cool obviously for us we're doing like a research trip for like to plan for a bigger group but I think just even as a traveler right is what we always say is have a plan kind of know the things that you want to do and experience, like have a kind of a good understanding. But then once you get there, like the local people you meet and like they lead you to different things that you wouldn't even know about. Mm -hmm. And that's like such a cool part about traveling. Totally. And can I just say, can we keep the last night as the grand finale of this podcast, kind of that whole story? Yeah, I mean, there's not that much more to say. Well, I mean, I'm not going to walk through our. I don't want to walk through our entire trip of this and this and this. Uh, Like, I I think. I think it would be cool to to talk about the highlights. Like, what were your highlights? Yeah. Okay, we can go through that. Um. So, but yes, just I'll end it at that. It's just you meet people that lead you to different things and different experiences, and 
I think that's just one of my favorite parts about traveling. Totally. And we, we always, you know, like one, we jam this packed. And I even said to you, like, I would have liked a day to ourselves in between to kind of recoup, uh, especially after the Mezcal tour. Oh, my um, God, yeah. Because there's things that are insane. They lead to different things. You you get those local one-of-a-kind experiences that happen just because of relationships. And then you don't want to turn it down because you have something going on the next day. But then again you have like something to do so then you feel crappy or a little bit more tired than you would and so like having that space to allow those things to naturally happen is how i like to travel Uh and we just jammed it packed because we needed to research as much as possible yeah to be because that's the other thing too is like we like to experience all the different sides as much as we possibly can like everywhere we go and there's a lot of different sides to oaxaca that i think a lot of people don't know about and so that was really cool for us to kind of do the rounds and see and like there were what i loved is that i felt like there was a really good mix which is important to me of local authentic kind of grittier off the beaten path experiences and then some really nicer kind of quote unquote upscale foodie experiences because i really like both like i can be I love a good bougie experience. I want to go and have like a food and a cocktail pairing and and like get dressed nice and just have this really cool like uh, I wouldn't consider it like local, no. right? In a sense, but just a, a really good foodie experience. But then I also love to go and eat at the market where they're picking goat out of my soup. Um, and I don't even know what's in it. And I'm like, whatever, I'll try it. Like he said, this is good for a hangover. I'm going to slurp it up. I have no idea what's in it, but I'm going to go for it. Like, I like, I like the contrast. And I think our trips, we try to always incorporate kind of this contrast of a little bit of bougie, some grit, some adventure, and like that local experience. Cause I think if you only go to the bougie places, you miss out on a real authentic where you are and learning about the people and how they do things and how they eat and and what they how they live like you miss out you, you yeah do. because majority of countries that you go to there's the tourist area which is the richie area honestly like let's, the nicest let, part of the city let's call it what it is the locals aren't rolling around in there on a daily basis like they're not they're actually being pushed out of those areas mm-hmm. if you look at it right and so if you really want to experience the country you're in, you go to those off the beaten places and this is the day-to-day life. And that's what allows you to really get your mind twisted in a way, like of just like, wait, what? Like, this is normal? Like, wow, like this is insane. And it's overwhelming to us. And that's what I love the most about our trips is like, you got to bring in that overwhelm to see how people do things in other countries or else you learn nothing. Yeah, because it is. It's like you want it to feel new and different, right? Like we say, you know, we went on a walking tour the other day and the guy, (laughs) you know, was a little bit extreme with his beliefs. But I thought it was like really interesting to hear his thought system on, you know, gentrification of Oaxaca, tourism and different things. But what he said is something that really one of the things that he said that really resonates with me and something I really feel is Unfortunately, wherever we're talking about, like whatever country it is, a lot of tourists do not leave the bubble. And the bubble is the, usually the city center. 
that is the nicest part of the city, the prettiest part of the city, because that's where all the money goes, that's where the tourists go. They eat at those restaurants, they walk around, they shop at those places, but they very rare, and they say, oh, I've been to Cusco, I've been to the square, oh, I've been to Oaxaca, I went to Santo Domingo Church, oh, I went here, 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 but like you don't, it, really feel the heart of where you are until you get outside that bubble and those walls and really connect with how the people really do things in that area and you are not going to see that in the touristy area it's just a fact and last thing i'll say is it's touristy a lot because there's a there's a lot of things going on in that area that's it's not like you shouldn't be in those areas no, like i love those areas it's cool like we're, we're staying in a touristy part of cusco like it's important to be in that part because there's a lot going on and um it's safe and it's you know there's different things to see but if you never left that area can you really say you experienced no. where you are no totally and i mean that's where we were talking that walking tour we would we wouldn't do with the group um but it was there was interesting points but i also was like sitting there thinking that like i get it that the tourist industry can be good and can be bad if it's done right and what he was getting at and didn't say it very clearly but we could pick it up is just if you get outside the bubble then which is not that far outside of the city center i mean we're we're literally still in the touristic part but it's just a little bit outside and that's where the local families are coming to sell their own goods and that's where you're really supporting the local people and not just pumping it into the uh, american australian spanish owners that don't even yeah. live in oaxaca and don't pay their people properly yeah and so that's what you're you know going back and forth with but you know tourism is obviously i believe in tourism because I think it pumps money and, and things into the city, whether it's being done properly on the government side of things, that's outside of our hands. And that's when you choose, you either support it or you don't, right? I think you're never gonna be perfect. And I think that one thing that we try to do to the best of our ability, and there's no way to know for sure, and there's no way to be, you know, have it all right, but we try to put our money into the hands of local people, whether that's restaurants or hotels or guides or companies that are on the ground here supporting the local people, giving back to the local people. Like I do a lot of research and try to pick the places we go and the things that we do based on putting our dollars back into the economy of the people that we are, of the country that we're visiting and the people that we're sharing this space with. That's something that's really, really important to me and it's not always gonna be perfect, but it's something that we try to do. And that's usually getting outside of like the bubble of where we are. So a funny story with that, when we, the uh, the Mezcal tour we did, which was a highlight for me, mm. we started the day we went to a very, very local market. And even our guide said, you're not going to see any other tourists here. Just you guys, <laughs> yeah. like guaranteed. And we're like, okay, cool. And it was just uh, me and Aaron and Sarah and Joe. And then... Um, our local friends. Our local friends that we had met the night before. Which is crazy. They worked. He was our waiter at the... Um, Criollo. Criollo, which is amazing, which the group will be going to when we come to Oaxaca. Um, local run chef. Uh, his brother is a local chef, Crudo, which is insane. Mm. Um, and so 
basically the waiter that was like running us through our whole food experience uh we show up for the mezcal tour and we're like alan and he's like hello and we're like no way like what the heck's going on and then his friend laura was there and she works at the restaurant as well so they were on that tour with us so it was me joe sarah kim and then alan and laura who we met the night before who was our local waiter which is such a small world and he's studying to be a chef and so he's learning about all the local ingredients and the different stuff so that was like super cool which i will add too real quick uh, again this goes to the point that we were just stating i found out later that the company that we went through wahawking which we'll talk more in depth about um literally gives uh to the places they go on their food tours to those people if they have openings they allow them to go on the tours so that they get to experience it and not pay the tourist prices. Yeah. So if they have openings, then anybody that's on that food tour that works in those restaurants gets to go on those tours. Which I think is so cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so it was just the six of us. Okay, so again, uh, the four of us were the only ones who were tourists or who were white <laughs> and gringos. And... I was like, cool, like, I love a local market. You know, we had gone to one already, and it was, um, it's a completely different, it's a completely different experience. And especially being somebody who is, quote, unquote, vegetarian, that I do eat meat, but I don't really eat very much of it. It's not your choice. And I prefer vegetarian when possible. In Oaxaca, it's more challenging to find that. So we go to this market. We're walking, and he's like, they go here to, like. um, Sell cattle. Yeah, for like they swap agriculture and it was like I was brought to tears to be honest like we're walking through and there's like all these cows that they have and they're you know like they're on leashes and they're I, I don't know did they we had to walk through all of it and and I know like that's where our food source comes from right when I eat a steak I understand it's coming from that cow and those cows were being bought to be and the pigs and all of that to be slaughtered to then be fed or to be food but like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And they were just everywhere and everyone's screaming and the cows were just everywhere. And I was just like, wow, this is, it felt like really unsettling. Um, but then I think it was Joe and he's like, well, this is your, this is where your food comes from. Like you should be aware of it. Well, I'm, like, I'm obviously aware of it. But it's not necessarily where your food comes from. That was more local. They were going to the local farms, whether they be for, dairy for meat for whatever it was for pulling for fields for whatever it was where all of the exchanges happened and so there was a lot of them they're being loaded onto trucks and things like that and joe turned to me and he was like kim's gonna lose her shit and i was like i know i, I, I know and i was like crying. it was it was a lot for me and i am a meat eater understanding like that's where it comes from but in a way it was like this is not a mass slaughter area. This is a, they're trading their cows one by one, two by two, and taking them to the farms and whatever they choose to do with them, that's the choice, but that's the way of life, right? So it was like seeing it in a in its purest-ish form. Well, and I think that was what I was saying is like, I didn't, it was hard for me to see, but at the same time, it is the way of life. That is how those local people and farmers, that's how they conduct business. That is what they do. And so we were a part of that and we saw that. And and so they, were, they weren't thinking about the tourists. They were doing no. going about their life and they only do that on, I think Friday. you said Fridays. And so then we went and, and our guide, of course, is like, okay, it's going to be a challenge for me to find you something vegetarian, but I'm going to go try. And I was like, okay, like that's great. And so we had 
so much food. Again, it's just as we're surrounded by all these local people. Nobody, nobody speaks English. Um, not that a lot of people did anyways and yeah. just all of Oaxaca, but um, we had this, he ends up getting me, uh, it was basically kind of like a quesadilla with mushrooms. It was amazing. Amazing. I mean, he just <laughs> kept bringing food and he kept saying, there's more. And we kept like laughing, thinking he's joking. And then all of a sudden he shows up with like an entire meat platter that we were what making our own tacos. It was literally the best food we had. It was amazing. One, some of the best food we had yeah. while we were there. It was incredible. Minus those like really good restaurants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. But it was just such a cool experience. And like we really, we were completely off the, like the tourist path. We were in the mountains. And so we started the tour that way. And then we went out into the mountains and without getting into like all the details, but we learned all about Mezcal, how it's created what it truly is the process of it and sorry not only that just like what uh bogart our guide he's like so passionate about mezcal and knows so much has his own mezcal brand which was really cool but one thing i loved is kim was saying that we got to see the process but the the main takeaway that i got was he was like how are you going to taste mezcal if you don't know what the ingredients actually taste like mm -hmm. and so we got to taste the agave after it had been like you know roasted and like what is that flavor what are you picking up like here's one that's been you know sitting out fermenting for a little bit what does this taste like here's the fermented you know just water basically it's at like you know one percent alcohol right now like what does that taste like what are you picking up and it was just like holy crap like seeing the science of it and it's all done by hand and it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It really is. Like, I have such a new appreciation for Miscal and, <laughs> and what we've learned about it in the States of it being smoky and blah, blah, blah. Like, well, you know, we, we learn, we'll learn all about that on the, on the tour, but, um, is so different than what it actually is. Mm -hmm. And it, it's truly an art. It's just like a wine. It's the soil. It's the makers. It's the, um, the hands that are in it. It's, there's just, everything is, is made um, there, it's just this beautiful process and I never realized that and everything is at least where we went everything is by hand and it's family run family it's like the tradition has been passed down and passed down and it was just such an incredible experience because we were literally in the middle of the mountains we went to two different um, palenques I believe that's what they're called they're palincas. like palincas that's where the farm is that's where the mezcal is uh, made, made basically mm -hmm. And we got to meet these families and, and talk with them. And it was just such an incredible experience. We were the only ones there. There was nobody, there was yeah. no other groups there. No. There was no other van around. Mm -mm. It was literally just us. We had the place to ourselves for as long as we wanted it. Yeah, which was insane. And a, a contrast to that is that we did another tour and we did go to the quote-unquote Napa mezcal. Valley of Mezcal. Yeah, it's like the most producers of Mezcal in the whole world. And that was so touristy. It felt touristy, even though they make some great Mezcal. It, it just felt super touristy. And so when we had the contrast of both, we were like, wow. Like, we're, we're literally in... Uh, do we want to tell this story? Tell it. If you want to tell it, tell it. I don't, because I, I feel like we don't need to share every detail about this trip. Okay. Like, but... Right. That was such an incredible that. experience where one of the places we went, it was this guy. You just tell it. So it was just, a, it was a guy and we literally sat down at this fold out table 
the Palinka, like we're literally like staring at the distillery tins and the place they mash the agave. And I mean, we're just sitting under this roof, beautiful field, agave for as far as you could see. And it's a guy and his son. And we sit down and he starts sharing mezcal with us and he's laughing and doesn't um, speak a lick of English. No, and he actually didn't even speak Espanol. He spoke um, uh, Saboteca, mm. uh, which is like a native language there. And um, so he was translating, Bogart was translating, and we just, he told us his story, and it was just, we were all crying, and it was just really cool to sit around a table from a guy that produced Mezcal, and then he's offering up his Mezcal, and then he's like, oh, going to the back, pulling out his best Mezcal, and pouring it for us and then just taking pictures of them, giving them hugs and like thanking him for allowing us the opportunity. It was literally so moving. It could have been the 28 shots of Mezcal after. Oh yeah. Um, but I think if we would have went there first, it would have been the same feel. Well, and he said that he, his brother went into the military. Um, you wanted to tell that part? Yeah, because you're like, we're all crying. Well, why are we crying? Okay. We were having this beautiful conversation and he's sharing that his brother went into the military and wasn't sure you know what was going to happen and he left him two rows of agave and unfortunately his brother ended up passing and in the line of duty mm-hmm. and so he the the farmer now the, the uh, mezcal producer creator maker everything he took those two rows and turned it into like this beautiful farm and he's like crying sharing his story and um it was just like one of those beautiful moments like we bought a bottle of mezcal from there there's nothing fancy about it it's literally written in permanent marker the label is permanent marker and it sounds like what does it say like, i don't even know i'm saying i, don't it. I still says. don't even know what it says we're drinking mezcal with a with a snake in it. I'm like, this is so crazy. But it was like one of those days and moments that you'll never be able to recreate. It was just so special. And it just felt like, wow, like this is Oaxaca. This is sharing. This is family. Like, I don't know. It was just something well, and our guide stay with and me. our driver and everything. It was just like we just looked and we're like, this is the best tour. We will be bringing people oh, back for this, hands down. And our group would be the only ones there. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, just in the contrast that you and I did this other one, that we were both just like, had we had not had this other experience, of course we would have been like, oh, yeah, like it's the Napa of Mezcal. Like, you know, the, the Mezcal is great. What a cute little town, blah, blah, blah. But it felt very, like, touristy and a little bit more um, uppity where – where that experience we had was just gritty and off the beaten path and real and authentic. And it was just like, there was just something so different about it. Totally. And I will, I'll, I'll leave you guys with a little tidbit for Mezcal so you can sound smart at your, uh, at your next gathering. Um, you could say you learned this from the Travis podcast, (laughs) but tequila is to Mezcal what sparkling wine is to champagne. Mm Mm-hmm. So technically, like a tequila is mezcal, um, and but mezcal can only be called mezcal if it's from this region. Mm-hmm. I cannot be called mezcal if it's from any other region. Just like champagne can only be called champagne from Champagne um, area in France. Anywhere else, it could still be created the same and the same grapes and the same process, but it can only be called sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. And so we learned like mezcal is such a. Uh, it really is. It truly is like a as a wine. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I just have such a new appreciation for it. We have four bottles. I have no idea how we're going to get it all home. We bought so much Miss Cal. We bought a whole nother suitcase. 
Yeah, we literally had to buy. We went from being like minimalistic travelers to like having one suitcase that's traveling the, issue, the world to that's now the issue having, having a home. To now having to buy an extra suitcase <laughs> just to bring home all the shit that we have bought on this trip. Not to mention from Peru, all the coffee and the, the coffee liqueurs and the, the honeys and the, I mean... That's what I mean. Like, we bought so much. Again, we were supporting local families with things that we really love and appreciate. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them are gifts. They're not all just for us. But, yeah, we are like, wow, we have reached another level. And like, I, like you said, yeah, now that not everything we own has to fit in our Jeep, we have a home mm -hmm. in Jacksonville. It's definitely easier to be like, ooh, like, let's make this really cool bar and let's bring this home because we have this space where we've never had that before. So bringing anything home wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. So it, it is a little bit different in the right. experience. So, All right, let's let's no, just wrap it up. I will wrap it up. So basically a lot, of the, a lot of the tours we went through, um, you know, a lot of the things that Kim and I find come from either Somebody Feed Phil or Street Eats or one of those sh shows that we kind of start getting our original ideas from, especially when it comes down to food we wanted to eat. So on the show, Somebody Feed Phil, um, we saw this guy that was taking Phil around and he was his tour guide. And it's from the company Wahawking, which we thought was really cool. And Omar is his name and his personality and stuff when he was on Phil, I was like, Kim, you should just look up and see right now if he has tours that he does. And so sure enough, he does. And we got in contact with him and so we did the mezcal tour. We did the food tour through Oaxacan. Um, Is that it? Yep. Through them. Um, and so that was enough right there because that led down the path. Well, um, Omar showed up on the food tour. I was like kind of starstruck in a way just because I was like, holy crap, that's him. He's like a celebrity here. So he is the unofficial mayor of Oaxaca. Yeah. He's a celebrity here. He was broke and looking for jobs. His story is absolutely incredible basically crossed the border into the United States, illegally worked in um, kitchens to learn food, and then came back to Oaxaca and has, you know, had a friend who basically through connections has just built his way up. Um, and now he's like retiring, you know, and hopefully not, he said in November, but crazy, crazy stuff, right? So Kim and I were talking about him. It was our last night. We were like, let's go out to uh, Casa de Oaxaca. It's a place that Phil went for his final dinner. Uh, Oaxacan, they recommended it. So we're like, let's go try it. It's a very fancy place up on the rooftop um, overlooking like downtown. And so Kim and I had like a nice night just reflecting on, you know, not only our first Peru trip, but kind of Oaxaca and the first time really getting on the ground doing this research trip. And, and then there was a place that Phil went to that I was like, hey, let's go for a nightcap. Let's just like check this place out. Let's see if it's a cool place called Sabina... Sab Sabe. Sabina Sabe. And well, it's a cocktail place. Yeah. Like fancy cocktail. Like they make cocktail... What are they called? Yeah. Um, what are they called? Oh my God. Mixologists. Mixologists, yeah. yeah. And well, and it's funny because we were like... We'll, we'll just have one drink and then we're going to go home. Like that, because we were flying out the next morning back to Peru and we we're like, okay, we'll pop in one drink around the corner and then we're going home. Mm -hmm. So we go in, the waitress, the waitress, the uh, hostess was absolutely really cool. Like energy from the beginning. Like, oh, come on guys, like, let's go. Like, I got you a table here. Like, let's go. She was really cool. And then we were sitting there and she was like, hey, two people just moved. Do you guys want to go sit at the bar? So we're like, yeah, absolutely. So we sit down at the bar, meet the bartender. He's super cool. They they recommended a drink. And then we asked if they had the drink that Phil had. 
And um, he was like, I can make it. So it wasn't on the menu. He made it for us. It was absolutely incredible. It was like a spicy Paloma. Mm. So, so good. And so Kim and I were just reflecting. And I look over Kim's right shoulder. And Omar from Oaxacaing is sitting right next to her. And I go, I just lean over. I was like, I tapped Kim. I'm like, it's Omar. And she turns around and he's like, hey, what's up, guys? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, we went and he was like, yeah, I know. He was like, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't know what you guys were, you know, I didn't want to bother you, whatever. And so then we just started this super long conversation, hearing his story. More drinks are flowing. Luis, the bartender, is not letting us leave. He's pouring more drinks. Well, and, and he kept saying, uno mas. Uno mas. And we're like, damn it, Luis. Okay, uno mas. And he, and then we would drink that one. He'd be like, uno mas. And then and he we're was like, like, I make a mezcal uh, espresso martini. Oh. Like, you got to be kidding me. And so then we bought one for uh, Omar. And then Omar's friends were there. And then one of the girls from other restaurants who was our server came in. And she's like, ah. And like, it was like this big family partying together. And then Omar's like, hey, my, my friend here has to go play the saxophone at this bar. You should come. And so Kim and I were like, okay. But like Omar's like famous. Yeah. <laughs> like really. And so we were like, we don't want to be those people. They're like tagging along with him. And so we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll, we'll see. Like whatever. And so we're sitting there. We're talking. We get our bill or whatever. And then Omar reaches out on WhatsApp. And he's like, are you coming? Like I'm, I'm waiting. Like what's up? Like let's go. And so we're like, holy shit. Like. Let's go. Like, when do you ever get that opportunity, you know? So we go to this bar, and his friend is playing the saxophone, and it's this fun bar, and, like, Omar's there. We just ended up talking some more, and then his friend gets done with the saxophone. He's sitting there talking to us. And then, I don't know, it was just one of those epic nights. It was just, like, one of those unexpected nights that again we were just gonna go home and like the night just took on a life of its own and it was so fun because we like we said we got to sit down with him and like hear his story and connect and um really get to like a different learn a different side of him and then not only that but like making he's like take my number because like he obviously knows that we do trips and he's like, take my number. I'm going to help you guys create like a really cool, unique trip. I have so many connections. I have so many different things like that, that we can do that would be so different than just like a normal standard trip that anyone would be able to do. And we're just like, I mean, again, those, that is like what makes us like yeah. so excited when you can meet people like that and be like, wow, like they, he knows Oaxaca so well and he has so many friends and just to be able to use like that, um, connection to help build a beautiful trip for our own community and just you know he's an entrepreneur himself and just hearing his story and how he got to where he got it was just it was one of those nights that I will never ever forget and it was so random but it was just so fun well not only that like I just looked at it as like Oaxaca's huge Omar's huge the chances he's sitting right next to us in a bar like on our last drink of the night before we go back to our hotel yeah. and the interaction that we got to have. And like you said, getting to know him more, it just really was like God put us in that location at that time to meet him, to bring out the best in Oaxaca. Right. And like, it's going to be, it was, it was meant to be that we're supposed to bring people here to experience the beauty and the people and the food and the culture that we got to experience and take it to another level that people will not get if they book this on their own. Yeah, like the real side. And God put us in that location with the right person who we clicked with and it was just game over. It was just just so easy. It was so fun. Yeah, because we were also like, oh, like we didn't really want to 
bother him, right? <laughs> like, it's that weird thing, like, you don't want to, like, bother people. Like, he's with his friends. And, um, you know, like, you don't want to be, like, those people that are, mm-hmm. like, annoying or trying to be, like all up in their business and stuff. So we were like, you know, we'll just, we would talk a little bit, but then we would just, okay, like we'll let him be. But then he kept coming back and like wanting to talk more and wanting to ask questions. And we're like, okay, like let's do the damn thing, you know? Totally. And like getting behind the scenes. Cause he was also on, you know, he was on Someone Eats Phil, which is a fa- on someone Netflix. Feed Phil. You have the toughest time <laughs> with that. I always say Someone Eats Phil. Someone Feeds Phil. And he, was he was also on Uncharted with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, so like hearing behind the scenes and like, how did that even happen? Like, it was just, it was so, it was so fucking fun mm-hmm. and so cool. Grateful for his energy. His time. And I think he's gonna help us plan the most epic trip. Totally. And, um, it was a highlight for sure. And even now we're back in Peru because Mexico was go, 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 go. Been in Peru for a couple of days. Group two is coming in tomorrow. And I surprisingly feel pretty energized. Me too. Yeah. Like I just, I feel good. I feel excited. I feel in flow. I feel like this is exactly where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be doing. I'm so excited for this group to get here and show them, even though we've done it, but to like show them Peru and just show, and even going back to Oaxaca, like showing people that place and like being able to see people's faces and having these really unique experiences that they'll walk away with their own stories and their own um, memories that they create in these beautiful places that we get to be a facilitator to show them and the local people we connect with on the ground. Like I just, I'm obsessed with it. I'm grateful and I feel fueled and energized by it all. Okay. And I can't wait. To share Oaxaca, we once we get home, we get home July twentieth. We're gonna gather all the pieces, bring it to life, bring it together. We're, we're working continuously, and then we will launch it at the end of July. Um, and the trip is set to go for the beginning of November after Day of the Dead, when when things die down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. So we'll keep you posted. Make sure you join the trip interest list if you haven't already. It's on our website. I'm travsus.com under adventures. Join the interest list um, to learn more about it. I think that's it. That is. Is that it? That's I mean, there's it. so, I feel like there's so many yeah. different directions, no, so many it. stories. There's so many stories we could have told from that trip, but I feel like we'll leave it at that. Um, the fact that Joe ordered everything on the menu at every oh restaurant we went to. God. I've never eaten so much damn food in it my can, life. We can't travel with no, that no. man anymore. Dude, but he, exper- <laughs> I mean, there's not one dish that I'm like, I wonder if I would have tried that if that would have been better. Yeah. No, we tried everything. We tried everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. I think that's why all the waiters liked us so much. Oh, yeah. It's because it was just like plate after plate after oh plate after plate after plate. Oh, let's try this plate, oh. this plate, this plate. Oh. Which is good because now we get to go hike it all off on the Salcante. And we also have a lot of like, hey, guys, we had this. It's really good. We had this. It's oh. a little like I could literally be a Oaxaca aficionado with food now. Like what it's supposed to taste like. Why? 100%. Not to mention like the smokehouse. and the, I mean, there's just so oh. much. If you are a foodie, this trip is for you. It's going to be a balance of so many cool foodie experiences, but also local market experiences. Mezcal. We didn't even uh, talk about the Tezmacal experience. Oh, damn! That was that was so cool. Where I'm like claustrophobic, and yeah. I thought I was gonna be. It's like basically like this old ancient tradition that they use. Um, it's like this clay. It's not. It's like brick almost domes. It's like a brick oven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, where you go in and they use heat and different potions and different mantras and you're with a shaman and it's it's used to heal mind, body, spirit, which was such an incredible experience too, which I want to do with the group. And we could go on. There's so many things. 
stay tuned. Um, yeah, I think that's it. We'll that's see it. you guys next week. See you next week. We'll probably be 15 pounds lighter. I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs>